Thank you, Ben. I welcome you all in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we come for worship on this third Sunday of Advent, the time of preparation to receive the gift that comes on Christmas. <clears throat> Next Sunday, we will celebrate communion here as part of the service. And then the week after that is Christmas Eve. There will be no 11 a.m. service on the 24th, but there will be a 7 p.m. candlelight service as per our tradition. And then on December 31st at 11 a.m., we will have lessons and carols. Thanks to everyone who, generate, uh, who, who donated generously to Christmas cheer and White Gift Sunday last week. Uh, there is kind of a list of things that was donated in the bulletin. I'll just read through it. Uh, a box of sample toiletries, two bags of toys, several shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and deodorant, 12 pairs of mittens, 10 pairs of gloves, 32 hats, 32 pairs of socks, one bathrobe, 10 pajamas, one onesie, one lap blanket, three hat and mitten sets, three girls, uh, three, one pair of slippers, two scarves, one sweatpants, one lady's top, three girls' leggings, two girls' tops, seven boys' hoodies and tops, seven, uh, three pairs of kid pants, two pairs of jeans, and $160 in a partridge in a pear tree. Well, thank you. Thank you, everyone. A reminder to the trustees, we meet tonight at 7 p.m. And also, in terms of the light up, I know some of you may be looking for a booklet of memorials. If you're interested in that, please talk to Joyce. She has a few. Do you have them with you, or just do you have a few at the house? I gave all I had this Okay. So, if you, so let Joyce, and we can print up some more for you if you would like a copy of the memorial light up book. The other thing that's going on is that we are planning a turkey dinner here at the church. And it initially began with an, with an opportunity to feed international students. And we do have international students who will come. It is going to be on the December 28th at 4 o'clock, right, Grace? Yes. And so we've kind of got it settled on how many international students are coming, but we want to kind of open it up to others who may be in need of a hot meal over Christmas, whether they're alone or just don't have the opportunity uh, to have a hot meal. So if you know, or you yourself are interested in coming for a turkey dinner on December 28th at four o'clock, talk to myself or Grace. Um, we, we're just looking for some numbers so we know how much food to buy. And so if you were interested in that or know somebody interested in that, please let us know. Any other announcements to share this morning? I yes. Oh, Bev's got one first. For those who don't know what we've been doing for the last, I don't know how many years now, is that we've been providing little treat bags for our shut-ins at Christmas. And so Bev is organizing that for us again this year. And, and we, and yeah, so if you're able to help her out, please let her know. Okay, Paul Jean. Oh, I just wanted to um, tell you that the Corral Christmas concert is next Sunday afternoon at 3, I think. There was an article in the paper about it this past week, and this is our 50th anniversary. I have not actually been playing for 50 years, but <laughs> I have been playing for a really long time. I think this is my 36th Christmas concert with the Corral. So anyway, it's at Christ the King Anglican Church on um, the corner of Trinity and George, right across from Wentworth Park, if anybody's interested. Any other announcements to share this morning? Well, let's just take a moment then to quiet our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. Joy is seen all around us. It's in our music, 
It's in our stores, along our streets, and on our televisions. But there is only one source of joy that can impact our lives all year long. This is the joy brought to the earth by our God in sending his son to walk among us. Let us share the words of joy from Isaiah 35. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf, deaf unstuffed. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall be Even if they are they shall not But the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Let's continue singing together, there's a voice in the wilderness.
Please be seated. As we continue through the season of Advent, we continue to seek more of God in our lives. We seek to be open to the life that he wants to bring to us. And so part of this journey of seeking more of God is to give up the struggles and the sins that we carry. So let's join together in a prayer of confession as we offer our sins to our God. Lord, as I prepare to receive the gift of Christmas coming soon, I lift up to you the sins of my heart so that you may heal me and I may fully receive all the blessings of your love. My friends, the story of Advent is preparing a way for our God, a way for God to come to us so that we may receive all that he has for us. Let us be blessed in knowing that God hears our prayers and cleanses us from our sin. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from John chapter 1, selected verses. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came to be witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Now this was John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Christ. They asked him, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally they asked, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert, make straight the way for the Lord. Now some Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany, on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Lord, as we gather today, remembering what we are preparing our hearts for, our homes for, our lives for. May you be with us as we reflect on your word today. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, who, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. In our house, we are big science fiction fans. We love watching all the movies, the, the Marvel movies with Captain America and Thor and Iron Man and all those characters. We watch things like Doctor Who and are very happy to have just had a few weeks of new episodes of that to watch. We watch things like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and all those things. We'll pretty much watch anything kind of science fiction related to see how much we like it. Although we do have to be careful about how much we choose to watch because there's a lot out there. But what is it about these things that we enjoy so much? Well, it's usually because they're pretty good stories. They have fascinating characters. And we also use these movies and uh, themes to be a bit of an escape from the reality of the world. We all do that. You know, to forget about the problems of the world right now and to kind of just live in the fantasy that comes from someone else's mind for a bit. I mean, it's fun to watch those superheroes kind of come in and save the day, make everything right. If only it were that easy. I mean, it'd be great if it happened, right? I mean, you look at Gaza, think, oh, geez, there's thousands of people dying and millions more at risk. Oh, look, the superheroes are coming in to make it all right. Yay! But it just doesn't work that way. Those kinds of superheroes, they just don't exist. But one thing is clear, though, as people flock to watch these things, these movies, one thing is clear. Everyone is looking for a hero. Everyone is looking for a hero. We want to be saved. We want someone to come and make things right for us. We want someone to swoop into our lives and end our problems, both for ourselves and for the world. We want this so we can go back to living our comfortable lives. And we're, and we're seeing right now in places of war, everyone is asking, looking for their superheroes. Everyone is saying, why is it NATO or America or Canada or any of the allies? Why aren't they fixing this? Why aren't they stopping this? And then we start to point figure, fingers, right? Joe Biden, Justin Trudeau, fix it. But they can't. War is complicated. Now with the current state of politics, we're seeing all kinds of politicians and start to step up. You know, these people who are aspiring to become premiers and prime ministers and presidents, they're all stepping themselves up to be the next hero, the next superhero. Trump, Pierre Polyev, they're setting themselves up to save the United States, to save Canada from the evil tyranny of Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau, which we know doesn't exist. There's no evil tyranny. And people are buying it, though. Even when previous experience shows that these people are unable to do what they say they're going to do, people are buying into it. But again, everyone is looking for a hero. So we navigate towards those people who are going to save us from the things we don't like. There's a problem with this. We navigate with those people who are going to save us from the things we don't like. Which means we're looking for these people to give us the things we want. Things that will make life easier for us. Things that will make us feel comfortable. Not the things that will make things better in the long run for everyone else. Change is uncomfortable. There's a quote I read last week when I went back to find it. It seems nobody really knows who said it first, so, but here it is. It says, if you want to change, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. If you want to change, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. This is something to learn. To be comfortable means nothing changes, right? But if nothing changes, and we look at the world around us, we realize it's going to crumble. 
For instance, if we want to save our planet from climate change, then we need to realize we need to be uncomfortable for a little while so that we can make the required changes to save it from the coming climate crisis. Yet there are politicians who are out there making a name for themselves, setting themselves up as the next hero by fighting the laws that are being put in place in order to invoke some of the changes we require to save the planet from climate change, for instance. Now, I'm no fan of more taxes, but with the carbon tax, I realize we need to start somewhere in order to change the mindset of a nation to lessen our reliance on things like fossil fuels and to move towards more sustainable energy. The carbon tax, when you look at it, it is a required step. It has to happen because corporations and people have shown they're not willing to make the steps required on their own. So we have to start somewhere. And yes, change is uncomfortable. When I talk to my athletes that I coach about taking the next step in their performance to getting to the next level to, of progression to be the best athlete they can be, I stress their need to follow my instructions, to trust me, and to work a little bit harder, even if it makes them uncomfortable, even if it hurts for a short period of time, even if they don't like the pain of leg cramps or shortness of breath or exhaustion or the burning of the lungs, if they want to improve, if they want to improve, if they want to get to the next level of performance where they're better in competition, then they need to work harder in their training. They need to endure the discomfort, the physical discomfort their bodies go through so that their bodies will adapt. It will get stronger and they can be better performers in their chosen sport. This is how we change ourselves. We endure discomfort for a period of time until our body and our mind adapts to whatever it is we're doing and changes and gets stronger or whatever we're trying to do. And then we start the process again. Once we're comfortable, we start to invoke change again so our bodies adapt. Changing and adapting is what we do. So change is important. If we desire to become better people, better athletes, better whatever, then we need to be willing to endure the challenge of being uncomfortable so that something can happen. Whether that has to do with changing the planet or changing something more personal within our own lives, such as our relationship with God. We have to be willing to do whatever it takes, including those things that make us uncomfortable. Now, when we look at the Bible in our reading from today, John the Baptist, he was a bit of an eccentric character. At the same time, he's out there in the streets, on the side of rivers, wherever, he's teaching people. He's calling them to change their lives. And he's also baptizing them to cleanse them of their sin. And he's doing all of this to help prepare them for what was coming. Now the leaders in Jerusalem, they're watching this, they're watching John, and they're beginning to wonder about who he really is. And they're wondering if maybe, just maybe, he could be the Messiah that they've been watching for. So they send the Pharisees, they send the religious leaders to go and talk to him and ask him, are you the Messiah? And John says, no, I'm not the Messiah. Well then... Who are you? Are you Elijah? Are you a prophet? No. Well, tell us then, who do you say you are? Because we're going back to Jerusalem. We have to tell them something. Who are you? And John says something they will immediately recognize. He says, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. John is quoting a verse of scripture that we looked at last week from Isaiah 40. What is John trying to do? He's trying to help people. And through his teaching and his call for people to repent, 
He's trying to get people to clean out that junk in their lives in order to make room for what is coming. Now, last week I talked about making a way for God to come to us, to make straight a way for the Lord. And this is what John is trying to do. He's trying to remove that junk and clutter from people's lives in order to make the way clear for God to come in and replace all that junk. The Pharisees, in all of this, they're a bit confused. Now they recognize John is baptizing people. And baptism, even still today, is kind of reserved for those special people. And so if John's not one of those people, or if he's not the Messiah or a prophet, then what is he doing baptizing people? And John picks up on this and he says, Look, among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. John says there's someone else coming and is already among them. And this someone is very special, very, very special. And this someone is coming who will humble everyone around him because of his greatness. Now John doesn't say this person is or will be the Messiah, but I think we can infer that this is what he means. We can assume what he is, who he is talking about. Because who else would be so amazing that John says he's unworthy to tie, untie the man's shoes? The Messiah is coming, and according to John, is probably already there. John is saying, change is coming. John is teaching this, and it's up to the Pharisees and everyone else who hears to, to decide if this change is a threat or to be embraced. The choice is left to every single person. This is the same choice we make today. Is the Messiah a threat to who we are? Or is he the one who has come to save humanity, including ourselves? In this season of Advent, we're reflecting on what Christmas truly means to us. And a question we might ask ourselves is, what does the birth of Jesus mean to me? Is he a threat? Is he challenging our comfortable lives? So should we fight against him? Or do we embrace God among us and let him in so we can experience the life he has in store as we follow him? The choice is wholly ours to make. No one makes this decision for us. The acceptance of Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the Savior of the world, is something we need to wrestle with on a personal level. We weigh the benefits of what we hold comfortable in our lives against what he asks us to change in order to receive his gift of life. A gift that will not only change us and our lives, but will change the lives of everyone around us. When I pick up my Bible and read it, I'm challenged. I'm challenged whenever I pray. God wants us to change. He expects us to change. And this change is what brings more of his love into the world around us. I mean, I like being comfortable, don't we? We all like being comfortable, right? I mean, when I write my sermon, there's no better place for me than in my comfortable chair, wearing my old pair of sweatpants and a hoodie, just being comfortable and letting the words flow. I like being comfortable. But one thing I've learned since my accident a few weeks ago is that I need to get in better shape. You've heard me say this lots of times. Not only will being in better shape help me through my healing process, but I'll have more energy, I'll feel better. The trick is, how do I convince my comfortable self to actually get up and exercise once in a while? To do what I need to do to get uncomfortable with pushing my body a bit to achieve the goal of being in better shape. I can tell you my legs are burning this morning because at track and field practice the other day, I, was, I had ropes when I was pulling the kids back when they were trying to run. So I'm going like this, pulling them back, and just burns the legs. But it was good. 
reminds me again that I'm out of shape. If we want to improve ourselves, things need to change. We need, we need to embrace the challenge of being uncomfortable. Because we know this is what is required in order to make things better. Better for ourselves, better for our family, better for our community, even better for the world. God is offering us a leader to take us through this change. John recognized him. John helped others prepare for him. Advent is a chance for us in this modern day to prepare for the coming of Christ. Yes, we know Christ has already come. He's been born, he lived, he died, he'd gone back to God. We have all of this recorded in our Bibles. But we still need Christ today. We're not waiting for him to be born again in a manger. He's already done that. What we do is we celebrate his birth so that we allow him to be born again in us. John encouraged people to be ready to receive the Messiah when he shows up on the earth. Advent encourages us today to be ready to receive the Messiah when he shows up in our hearts. It's not really about the baby in a manger. It's about the Christ who is in us. Change is hard. Change is not something we look forward to. It's not something we're comfortable with. Yet, everyone is looking for a hero. And all these human heroes that we keep lifting up, the politicians, the business leaders, the movie stars, the sports stars, even the pastors, in the end, these people that we lift up as heroes will fail us. They will all let us down at some point. Human beings aren't meant to be heroes. We can barely save ourselves most days. I mean, if I drew up a list of all the mistakes I've made in the nearly 15 years that I've been here, you'd probably look at me and say, why, we, why haven't we run this guy out of town years ago? I'm no hero. But there is one hero we can look to. Jesus Christ is God among us. God, our perfect Father in heaven, sent us his perfect Son to show us how to live as God's children. If we truly seek him, if we truly, truly seek him, Jesus will take us from our comfortable lives and give us more, if we let him. Everyone is looking for a hero. Jesus Christ is our savior. He is our hero, the hero of the world. And throughout this Advent season, I encourage you to let him into your life more. To let him lead the way. I truly believe that this is a change you will never regret. As God offers you more love, more life. As we come out of our comfortable, comfortable shell and receive all God has to offer us. Yes, there is discomfort for a period. As we give up the things that maybe we hold on to dearly. But in the end, we realize God has so much more in store for us. Let us receive the gift he has this season. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us sing together the hymn on Jordan's Bank.
Let us join our hearts together in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, we gather this morning ever thankful for the gift of life you offer to us. And maybe even ever aware of our resistance to the life that you do offer. Lord, as we sit in our comfort, we ask you to be a bit of a disruptor. To show us where we need to grow. To show us where we need to change. And to show us that through the challenge, uh, challenge of change and discomfort, that you are with us, always. And in the end, at the end of the journey, there will be more of you in our lives. Lord, just, we just ask you to be with us through this journey. To be the constant companion that you have promised you would be. And help us to see that you are indeed there with us every step of the way. God, we ask you to be with us as individuals and as a church and as a community. As we look at the world around us, God, we see the struggles that are happening. And we pray for peace in the many places of war right now. We pray for the people of Gaza. We pray for the people of Ukraine. We pray for other places of genocide in this world as well that are ongoing right now. And we pray for peace. We pray that you would soften the hearts of those who are set on war. And turn their hearts to peace and love for their neighbor. We pray, O oh God, for those who are suffering today. Especially those here in our community. Lord, we pray for those who mourn the loss of loved ones. We pray for those who are cold and hungry this day. We pray for those who are feeling the, the pain and the stress of preparing for a busy Christmas. Who may be feeling overwhelmed at times. God, we lift all these people to, to you in prayer. We pray for those who are undergoing treatments or waiting for treatments or waiting for tests or waiting for surgeries. God, we pray for them all. We pray for the family, oh God, that lost a loved one on Friday due to drug overdose. We pray for his son, for his mother as they walk through this difficult time. Lord, may they know your presence is there with them. And Lord God, we lift up to you the other prayers on our hearts this day as we offer them to you, whether aloud or in the silence of our hearts. these are the prayers of our hearts, the prayers of your people. We ask you to answer our prayers, to be with those we pray with, to offer healing and love to all. Lord, we lift all these prayers to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
as we continue to seek to be God's people, to follow in his way, we ask God to be with everyone that we care for this day. And as we do his work as God's people, we offer the gifts to God that we carry to do his work still. Our offering will now be received. Let us pray. God, we offer you today all we have for your service. Bless the gifts we bring before you to bring healing and hope to the people of our community, we pray. Amen. A closing hymn this morning is Hark the Glad Sound.
My friends, everyone is looking for a hero. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, our Savior, he is our hero. He is the one that comes into our lives and changes us so that we may be lights of God to the world around us. So let us go. Let us be that light. Let us be the light of Christ so that others may see the God we love and the God who loves us. Let us go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God in each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen. Amen.